This is the Child Discipleship Podcast powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here as we continue this conversation all about the ways in which technology and child discipleship collide, intersect, and hopefully work together. To help us continue that conversation today, I am joined by Brittany Nelson. Brittany is from Deeper Kidman. She is the founder of Deeper Kidman, a wonderful ministry that I'm excited to introduce you all to today. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here and to be talking about this subject. I think it's an important one. So I'm really, really glad to have you as part of this conversation. First of all, just for people who need a little bit of background, you are a former children's pastor. You are Mm -hmm. someone who is well-versed in this community, but tell folks about Deeper Kidman. I love the name, by the way. I would love to know how you came up with that name, but also what, what is the scope of your ministry? Absolutely. So I am a former children's pastor. I was a children's pastor for about five years at a mobile church. So we met at a local high school, um, which meant that our nursery was like in the orchestra room, which, you know, had its own set of challenges and fun adventures. But my husband was the youth pastor um, on staff as well. And so very quickly, after about five years of doing doing ministry that way, we both realized that it wasn't going to be sustainable long term for us. Um, just as a couple, as we wanted to start our family, we were like, what does Sunday morning look like when we both have to be there three hours early, but we've got a baby or a toddler. And so I started exploring other options. Um, I had written a lot of the curriculum and resources that we used when I was on staff. And so I was like, well, maybe like, maybe I'll find a curriculum writing job somewhere. (laughs) So I just started looking at those. Um, but someone actually a volunteer in my ministry who owns his own business came to me and he said, Brittany, I think you should start your own thing and I want to help you do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need a lot of help (laughs) because (laughs) I'm an English major turned children's faster. So business, no clue. Like I don't websites. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you mean? Um, and, but he did, he was super helpful. So valuable, lots of friends who helped deeper Kidman get started. Um, and that's really how deeper Kidman was born. I kind of decided if, if I was going to shift and I wasn't going to be able to be a children's pastor, then I wanted to support children's pastors. And so that's really a big heart behind deeper Kidman is making a children's pastor's life easier because I know how many hats they wear. I know, um, all the plates that you have spinning constantly, all the different, you know, tasks that you have to do from administrative to relational and everything in between. And so that's a really a big heart behind Deeper Kidmen. And the name actually comes from the church that um, we, we were at at the time. One of our kind of missions or our goals was to take people into a deeper, more vibrant relationship with Jesus. And so just being on staff for those five years and having that ingrained in my mind and in my heart and in the way that I did and led ministry just really stuck with me. And so um, that's where Deeper Kidman comes from. We want to grow kids deeper in their relationship with Jesus. So as they're growing upward, you know, physically, their spiritual relationship with the Lord gets deeper. And that's that's really where the name comes from. Yeah. You share that from the very humble beginnings in which it started, but it is a really (laughs) wonderful, uh, robust library of resources Mm -hmm. where children's ministry leaders share the resources that they've created and it's a very affordable, they're available at a very affordable price. Um, There's instant uh, digital downloads that where Mm -hmm. you can immediately get the resources right away. Can you let folks know a little bit about one of the things that I find really interesting about I'm going to call it a library. It's it's a really sure. cool yeah. library, right? But uh, 
I'm, I'm now I'm now going to get emails from librarians. But um, I was going to say you're talking to an English major, so libraries yes. excite All me. All libraries so. are really great. Yeah, I <laughs> right. should. We're going to have to cut this all later. I'm so a fan. Get, um, <laughs> yeah, but what I was going to say was there's an interesting thing for me about um, this ministry that you've created, where I would imagine folks are coming to you with certain felt needs certain pain points, like you were talking about mm -hmm. the different hats that people wear. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that you're doing by creating this library of resources is you're actually able to address, forgive the mm -hmm. bad pun, but the deeper needs of discipleship. Yeah. Can you talk about what some of the more common pain points that people are coming for, yeah. but really what is getting people to actually stay? Yeah, absolutely. So I think some of our most popular resources when people first find us are some of the administrative stuff, because I don't think many people realize how much of children's ministry is administration, right? Like people think, oh, I'm going to just play with kids all the time and talk about Jesus and we'll sing Jesus loves you. Right. But yeah. there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and administration is actually one of my spiritual gifts. And so I enjoy like putting together the policies and procedures and spreadsheets and color coding things and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we have lots of other of our creators and vendors are great at administration as well. And so when people first come, they're like, Oh, we can download these registration forms and it's already done for me. Or, mm -hmm. Oh, this is an entire plan for a, an egg hunt event. Like, yes, please. You know? And so it's the meeting. <laughs> that sound you hear is a bunch of people stopping the podcast <laughs> to, to go find it. Right. Those, uh, resources <laughs> we'll send, we'll right send you the links later. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but so I think people, when they first come, they see that immediate need of helping, helping them kind of get out of the weeds a little bit of some of the administration. But I think people come back because then they start exploring some of the deeper resources for families, some of the curriculum that people have written, even just special events that help them connect with, with the kids and the families that they serve and build those relationships, create those memories that allow the relationships to build and to grow. Um, and then a lot of the family resources, that's probably our most popular thing because they're looking for ways to equip parents. They're looking for resources that they can give to their families that are simple, right? That are not yeah. going to be overwhelming for families that are easy, um, that are not going to break the bank of like, oh no, you don't have to, you know, ship every family this box. Like you can print it and then buy some pretzels and it'll be good to go, you know? Um, and so some of those resources that really help families have those conversations or help the leader create memories with families and kids. Yeah. It's interesting to me because I feel like folks, I often fall into this trap of putting the broader child discipleship community into this bucket of people who are mm -hmm. incredibly well prepared. They have all the fancy mm -hmm. letters after their name. They're ready to go. They've read all the books. And that certainly describes lots of you who are listening. And then there's the folks who their senior pastor saw them playing with one mm -hmm. child one time and they're like, hey, you should lead our kids ministry. Right. <laughs> Both of those are parts of this community. But what I love about what you're doing at Deeper Kidman is you're able to serve the entire community. You're not just mm -hmm. serving these two poles, which I think so often get kind of the larger attention mm -hmm. um, when it comes to people who are trying to serve the community more large, uh, more broadly. Excuse me. One of the things that I think is also really compelling about what you're doing, though, is you're finding this really delicate balance of you're fully embracing the fact that we're living in a digital world. Mm -hmm. Technology is this future um, is part of our future. 
but you're also not trying away from the dangers of technology, the ways in which our kids particularly are being introduced to subject matter and um, how screens are discipling our kids in mm -hmm. alarming ways that you and I, when we were growing up, were just not, it just wasn't even a thing. I'm curious how, even just for your own, um, as a children's ministry leader, as you know, in your own community, mm. how you kind of right size your relationship with technology. Mm -hmm. So it continued to be a tool that you had control over without it controlling you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And this is actually, um, something that I've been thinking about for almost three years now, um, okay. I've been researching and actually just finished writing a book that's supposed to come out this fall of 2023 about integrating digital discipleship into your children's ministry strategy. And so kind of just different areas use technology as that tool so that it doesn't become something that controls you. I think for me personally, um, at home, I've set limits for myself. Like I, I have screen like downtime, you know, I have, I have an iPhone so you can set downtime on your phone that like the screen goes dark at certain, you know, certain times of day. And if you try to open an app, that's kind of behind the downtime wall, then it asks you like, are you sure how many more minutes do you want? Mm -hmm. You know, and you can request one more minute, 15 minutes or like, you know, for the rest of the day or whatever. And so and you actually follow that. Okay. I should make it sometimes I, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. There are times I'm like, Oh, just give me 15 more minutes, right? Like just one more minute. I just need to check a quick email, right? Um, but setting those downtimes every day, which for me are from like 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. So when my kids get up from nap and until they go to bed, um, trying to stay off my phone more and be more intentional. I actually um, even started trying to do Saturday mornings. I would leave my phone upstairs in our bedroom while we were downstairs. Um that backfired one Saturday though, because last fall I was still pregnant with our second and I left my phone upstairs. I should have told extended family that that's what I was doing because halfway through the morning, my dad comes banging on the door because he has been trying to call me. He's been texting me and I wasn't responding. And I was home alone that weekend with my toddler, um, at oh, no. seven months pregnant. And so my dad was like, Oh, are you okay? Like I thought something was wrong. And I was like, sure. no, I'm just trying to be intentional about technology. You know? And he's like, okay, okay. That's fine. You know, like just checking. Good. No, that's good. I'm happy about that. But also I'm terrified. <laughs> but also yeah. I thought you were like passed out on the floor was something wrong. So, yeah. so that was a fun little, uh, <laughs> fun little adventure. So if you're going to do that, tell your extended family mm -hmm. <laughs> that that's what you're doing so that they don't think that you've been lost or taken or, mm -hmm. or hurt somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so setting up those personal boundaries for myself and the time limits. And I think within ministry, a lot of times we get so overwhelmed by technology that we kind of avoid it or it becomes something that we become obsessed with. And that's, those are kind of the two kind of reactions that I've seen from leaders that they either avoid technology or they get obsessed with technology and trying to incorporate it to where technology becomes like the only thing <laughs> that they think about and that they want to utilize in their ministry. Or you have the other end of the spectrum where leaders are just like, uh, I don't understand this. I'm not even going to try right? because they yeah. have so much else going on. Um, and so I think we have to find that balance between the two, between being afraid of it and being obsessed by it, um, to be able to see it as a tool, as something that we can use and not something that 
is supposed to take over because I think a lot of times that's another trap we can fall into as well that we let technology do the teaching and the discipleship for us because that's not how it's supposed to work either um, but using it as part of our discipleship process and not as the only part of the discipleship process thanks for listening we'll be right back before we go any further I need to talk to y'all about Bright. Those of you who know Awana know that we develop curriculum, but before the team made Bright, they asked leaders in child discipleship what the most important thing was to them in a curriculum. 67% of respondents said that a curriculum that is biblically based is the most important factor in choosing resources. I'm not that good at math, but that's two thirds of people agreeing on something. This biblical foundation is what our kids need, and with a Bright subscription, you get a year of child discipleship curriculum that includes lessons that teach the gospel each week while following a chronological scope and sequence that starts with creation, teaches the fall, reveals redemption, and looks forward and upward to restoration. And with Bright, it's easier because everything you need is in one spot. Each Bible lesson is brimming with options for use in both large and small group child discipleship. You'll find high-energy, teacher-led activities and media for a large group and age-appropriate scripture. You won't find yourself just teaching Bible stories. You'll be teaching the story of the Bible and scriptures that kids will commit to memory and take to heart. Subscribe to Bright this month with code DISCIPLE and get 25% off a full year of curriculum. Learn more at brightcurriculum.com. So I want to drill down on those two extremes because I think that is a really helpful way to enter the tension of this conversation. For the person who wants to just avoid technology, avoid integrating that into the discipleship process, how do we help them bridge that gap? How do we help them recognize the benefits that technology has in discipleship while also affirming the fact that no, the, the way that you want to continue to be relational, the way that you want to continue to make that about human connection is actually the right way forward. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think we start with, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> that's, that's what I always tell people is just take a deep breath. I know it's overwhelming. I know there's a lot out there, but just take a deep breath um, because it's just another tool. And so kind of like minimizing the like the grandiosity, I don't even know if that's a word, the grandiosity oh. of technology. Um, and you know, cause it, it can, it can feel really overwhelming. All the apps you have to learn, all the different programs. Um, sometimes, you know, you can't even get the computer to turn on and you're like, well, how am I supposed to do all these other things too? Um, but taking that deep breath and realizing it's just another tool. It's just like a curriculum that you would choose or <clears throat> a check-in system or, you know, the way that you structure your volunteer team. Like it's just another aspect of ministry. And so taking away some of that intimidation that technology has also encouraging them that they don't have to do they don't have to do it by themselves, right? They don't have to figure it out by yourself. And so finding people on your team who know how to use Canva or who can create graphics or are video editors, even the kids in your ministry can probably edit videos for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. let's tap into into who, you know, the skills that they are pretty much born with these days. And that's another aspect of it too, is right? Like the importance of it, of if we don't use technology then we're not going to be able to relate to them. And so even if your ministry is highly relational, if you're not 
understanding and reading up about or learning about how kids learn today, then it's going to make your effectiveness decrease because kids like their brains, it's crazy. Their brains are literally like physically different than they were even 20 years ago because of technology and because of the way kids are using technology at younger and younger ages. And so that influences the way that they learn, the way that they interact with each other, the way that they want to be interacted with. So understanding the importance of it that like it's it's not going anywhere right like like it or not be you know afraid of it or not and so if we want to be able to continue building those relationships effectively with the next generation we have to be aware of technology and be okay with using it um in our ministries well and again i point back to the your ministry because one of the conversations that was a part of the series of for this podcast is a conversation we have with Brett McCracken from the Gospel Coalition. And he wrote this article that I, uh, that I went back to all the time this past summer of just was, should I let my kid watch this? Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a, just a list of questions. And it was great because it was entirely, incredibly practical. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we had in this conversation, and it reminds me of so much of your ministry, is it was just this immediate felt need, this immediate mm-hmm. pain point of, is this the right call? And when I am feeling that instinct, it is because I want to just sort of avoid this mm-hmm. tension and avoid what's happening there rather than recognizing the opportunity of whether or not I let my kid watch this. My kid is being discipled by something. Mm-hmm. So I can choose to engage in that discipleship opportunity. Mm-hmm. And for your ministry context, you can choose to see that there's actually opportunities to use mm-hmm. these tools to further what your ministry can do. Now, I think in many ways, the harder conversation Mm -hmm. is for the group that's obsessed with technology. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, just to, this is the part of the podcast where I get to say the following opinion is not necessarily um, reflective (laughs) of Awana and all email should be sent to (laughs) rossi at awana.org, right? But I always come back to what uh, Sam Luce, friend of the ministry, Mm. said about how during COVID, there was this instinct from our community to try to be Disney, right? Mm. Disney became this filler for parents like me, right? Of how do, what am I supposed to do now that that we're doing this 24-7? And this line that he said of Disney had to be perfect. Disney Mm. lived in a paradise, but we needed to be more like Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers lived in the neighborhood and we as children's ministry leaders are able to go to kids, sit with them, be Mm. with them in their confusion, their sadness, and in the brokenness that we were all experiencing during that time. Yeah. How do we help the ministry that is obsessed with technology? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say evaluate, like look at all the ways you're using technology and then compare it to your mission and how, how do those efforts, how do those programs, those tools, how are they supporting your mission? And if they're not, or if there's a way that they, something else could do the exact same thing, um, then maybe explore those other options, right? So, so going back to your vision, going back to the goal of what your ministry is and comparing the technology that you're using, you know, how, how does it help us further our goals? And if it doesn't, then be okay with letting go of it, you know, like be okay with moving on. Or, you know, maybe um, you're using a video, video based curriculum, you know, where the video does the the entire teaching for you. Like 
yes, that's a great way to utilize technology, but could that be done in a more effective way without technology or, you know, with different technology, or could that be a supplement to something else within your, your morning and teaching with kids and stuff like that. And so, so I think the evaluation and comparing it to your, your bottom line mission and vision, and if it really truly is helping you accomplish those things, or if it's just the coolest thing, you know, like the newest thing that just came out or that's fun to use, or, you know, has a pretty color when it comes up on your screen or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, seeing if it actually truly is helping you accomplish that goal of discipleship. Yeah. Well, in your answer there, you use the word effective, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that I would hope that folks who feel like maybe there's even just parts of their ministry that have become too obsessed with technology, mm -hmm. that, that using the North star of discipleship and measuring how effective is this at discipleship, switching from a video teaching to an in-person teaching hmm. may feel slower, clunkier. And it reminds me of, and this would be my next question. I would imagine that I, as a children's ministry leader would switch to a video teaching because it's easier to schedule. Mm -hmm. It's uh, logistically cleaner. And sure. the kids may feel more engaged. Because they're quiet, but just because they're quiet doesn't mean they're engaged. Right. There's a community of folks now who are connected to your ministry that I find really compelling. And you have now been a part of the children's ministry community for years. Mm -hmm. I'm curious the ways in which you've seen this community come together, care for mm -hmm. each other, especially during the past couple of years, because you have carved out such an interesting space for yourself. I think you have a really unique perspective during this time. Mm, yeah. Well, that's one of the things when I started Deeper Kidman very quickly, because um, originally it was just a place like a blog where I could share what I had done and here's an idea for this. But very quickly, I realized I'm not the only one who's ever created something for my ministry or written a lesson or created an event or, you know, created a, a Bible story video with toys or whatever, you know. And so um, I wanted to create a platform or a place where other ministry leaders could do the same thing, because I fully like 100 percent believe that the children's ministry community is probably the most creative community on the planet. Deeper Kidman is about five years old at this point, And one of my favorite parts about it is being able to connect with the other people, um, connect with other leaders and see what they're doing in their ministry and see kind of, you know, the, the ideas that they're coming up with and even just learning how ministry looks different in every context, um, because it is so radically different across the country and even within the same town, you know, churches that are doing different things, but, but hearing from people who have if either used a deeper Kidman resource and then they took it and made it even more awesome. Or, um, you know, they said, Hey, we've been doing this for years. Can I tell you about it? And I'm like, yes, please. You I would love to hear about this event. Can I use it as a blog post and share it with other leaders as well? Um, yeah, the children's ministry community is just so creative. And so I've loved seeing that creativity come out because while COVID was hard, right. And it was tough. I think it forced us to share it a little bit more because we were all like, all right, we're all stuck in this, you know, boat of, we have no idea what we're doing yep. <laughs> and when it's going to end, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? And so, um, yeah, I, I just think, COVID was hard, but COVID also brought a, a lot of really cool opportunities to share that creativity among the community. Very well said. I would love for folks to check out Deeper Kidman. There are links in the show notes to learn more about Brittany Nelson and her ministry, to learn more about how you and your ministry can both benefit from the Deeper Kidman marketplace, but also contribute to it. It's one of the things that I love most about 
being a part of this community uh, for such a time as this is Awana gets to partner with not only ministries like yours at with Deeper Kidman, but also uh, you, dear listener, and get to build a bridge between something like what you're doing and the fact that there's somebody listening who's now going to be able to more effectively disciple their kids is such a privilege for me. So thank you, Brittany, for the time. Uh, Thank everybody for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for having me. When teaching our children about God, we tend to fill their little minds with lots of facts. But we must remember that our children can't just think their way to the throne. Remember, Pharisees, scribes, and even demons had head knowledge of God. But their hearts were hard, and they lacked love for God and for those around them. This week, let's lead our children in loving the Lord our God with everything we have. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week 